are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We've got your plays in college and pro football for the weekend. Got a lot to get to here. Hopefully, if there is some time on the back end, I'll give a little bit of thoughts about the MLB playoffs and how the teams with the best five records in all of baseball this year are all out of the playoffs, and they went 1-13. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's begin. Let's get right to it. Let's start in college football. I'm 27-25-3. and three. It's okay. I was nine or ten games over at one point, but last few weeks had a bad week two weeks ago. Went four and five last week. So look to bounce back this week. Usually for my top play in college, I don't go for like the marquee games or arguably the biggest game of the weekend. But this week I'm going to. I'm going to take Washington minus the three at home against Oregon State. What am I talking Oregon State? Oregon. And here are two trends that are definitely in Washington's favor, but then I will tell you exactly why I like them. So Washington is minus three at home against Oregon. This came from Chris Felica from Fox Sports. In the last 19 meetings between Oregon and Washington, the favorite has won and covered 16 of them. The spread has not mattered in the last 22 times these teams have played each other. Either the underdog has won outright four times or the favorite has covered 18 times. Keep that in mind. Also, the Oregon Ducks have lost and failed to cover each of its last five times they've been an underdog. On the average, they were a six-point dog and lost by an average of 24 points. These are very positive numbers in Washington's direction. Now you're telling me that the most potent offense in all of college football is only laying a field goal at home? Stacked with those numbers, stacked with the best receiving core in all of college football? Is Oregon's defense better? Yeah, I think it is. But I also don't think Oregon has seen an offense like Washington's. Give me the Huskies minus the three at home as the best bet. I'm five and one on my college best bets this year. Looking to go six and one, but those are some astounding numbers. The spread hasn't mattered. So if you're thinking like, oh, what if Washington wins by one or two or whatever? The spread hasn't mattered the last 22 times Washington and Oregon has played. I'd say that's a lot. So basically just pick your winner. And I'm sure if you like Oregon or your alumni, you think they're going to win, which is fine. I'm just saying I like Washington minus the three. Other picks to give out. I'm 11, 10, and two in these picks. I don't know where to go in this North Carolina Miami game, so I'm just gonna vote. I'm just gonna root for points. I think this game goes over the posted total. Miami doesn't have a good defense. I don't think UNC has a very good defense either, but they both have good offenses. I will take Miami and North Carolina over 57. I also like Air Force. I think they're a juggernaut. Give me Air Force at home against Wyoming. They're laying 10.5. A A couple weeks ago, they were laying 10.5 at home against uh, San Diego State, and they beat them by like 30. So Wyoming, not a very potent offensive team. And, And yes, I'm very well aware that Wyoming has pulled off a couple upsets in the past. Those are always upsets that happen to be in Laramie. They're in... Fort Collins for this one. Isn't that where Air Force is? Fort Collins, Colorado? 
I could be wrong. If I am, I apologize. But Air Force is home. They're the best rushing team in college football. Uh, I know Wyoming is a gritty team, but they only seem to pull off those upsets at home. So give me Air Force, minus 10.5 at home against the Cowpokes of Wyoming. And also, um, I'm going to go back to the well with LSU. We got lucky, or I, I – they got lucky last week covering against Missouri, getting a pick six with 30 seconds left in the game. Now they're laying 11.5 at home against Auburn, and once again, this is more of a bet against an Auburn team that cannot score. And LSU, we know, can score. LSU has one of the best offenses in all of college football. They're at home. It's a night game, and I just think Auburn can't score with them. LSU's defense, yeah, it hasn't been great. They've given up a ton of points. But they, that's against good offenses. Auburn's offense sucks. So I'll take LSU minus the 11.5. Underdog plays. 7-10-1 in these underdog plays. I like these this week. I really do. Give me UAB plus the 9 at University of Texas San Antonio. They're plus 289 on the money line. I think that's too many points for UAB, who is way better than anybody thought they'd be this year. Now, I do not know the status of Frank Harris, the UTSA quarterback. Actually, Harris is playing. He played last week against Temple. I still like the nine. I just think UAB can score. They've proven they can score all year. I like them plus the nine, So, and then a little bit on the money line. So UAB plus nine at UTSA. Give me Iowa and that horrible offense. Give me them plus 10 at Wisconsin only because the total on this game is, I think, 38-and-a-half, which means the oddsmakers think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And getting 10 points in a low-scoring game just seems like a lot. And I'll take the 10 points with Iowa here. I think this is a 17-10 game, 20-13, 20-17, something around those, around there. And I just think 10 points is too much for a game that's going to be low-scoring. So... I'll grab the points here with the Hawkeyes. Give me them, plus 10 at Wisconsin. And then I like BYU, plus the 6 at TCU. TCU, after going to the national championship game last year, they already have three losses this year. Like, this is now starting to sink in that this team might not be very good. And when you have three losses after going to the national championship last year and you already got three losses in your first six games, I I think you begin to question exactly how good you even are. Why are they favored at home? I mean, they're only favored because they're playing at home. If this game was at BYU, BYU would be favored. So you're giving me six points with BYU on the road at TCU. I'll take it. Give me the Cougars plus the six and plus 184 on the money line. Your three-team 10-point teaser in college. I'm just going to tease down some double-digit favorites. I'm going to tease Air Force down to a half a point, so they just have to beat Wyoming. We're going to tease LSU down to minus one and a half. All they got to do basically is beat Auburn. And then Florida State, minus 17 at home against Syracuse. Let's tease that down to seven. So your three-team, 10-point teaser in college. Air Force, minus a half a point. LSU, minus one and a half. Florida State, minus seven. I'm four and four in my college three-team, 10-point teasers. Let's turn that around this week. I I feel really good about that. I just don't see any way Wyoming beats Air Force. I don't see any way Auburn beats LSU. And Florida State, if they can't beat Syracuse by seven, I, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow. I just, I, the line's 17. I mean, they should win this game probably by 17 to 24. I think they're right on with that line. They got to be able to beat them by seven. So 
that's my three-team 10-point teaser in college. All right, let's move to the NFL plays. This is where I'm doing really well, 66%. I'm 20-10-1 in my NFL plays. So been on a roll here recently. Let's hope we can keep it going. The only thing I have a losing record in is my best bets in the NFL. I'm 1-2-1 in my best bets in the NFL. And I like an underdog this week for my best bet. I'm going to go with Indy, plus four at Jacksonville. And, yes, I'm very well aware that Gardner Minshew is playing in replace of Anthony Richardson. Gardner Minshew used to be the quarterback at Jacksonville, so you don't think he's got some sort of revenge on his mind? He absolutely does. The other reason is I don't like the fact that Jacksonville was overseas for two weeks and now they're coming home. I think that is going to take a little while to get adjusted to, and this is a division game. I just always like taking division underdogs, whether they're at home or on the road, especially at home. But this line has come down. It's worked against us a little bit. It was at five and down to four and a half, and now it's at four. But I still like it as Indy plus four. Give me them as my best bet of the week at Jacksonville. The other picks in the NFL to give out that I have for you, I'm 11-5 and five on these picks. You're probably not going to like this one, but I do. And I would also pay attention to the weather in this one because I heard the weather is going to be bad in Chicago. Give me the Bears plus the two and a half by the half point up to three because Minnesota is already one and four. They've lost Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks. There's already rumblings around. They're asking Kirk Cousins at press conferences if he's going to waive his no trade clause. I don't think this Minneapolis, uh, the, this Minnesota Viking team is just going to rally around their head coach and all of a sudden going to turn things around. And especially if the weather is bad in Chicago, Minnesota is a dome team. What is a 1-4 Minnesota team doing being favored on the road? Yes, I'm aware they are playing the Bears. But remember, the Bears went into Washington last week and put up 40. And if there's one thing that Justin Fields can do – is he can run the ball. He passed great against Washington, but if the weather's bad, Minnesota hasn't been able to run the ball all year. They rely on Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So now he doesn't have Justin Jefferson. He's outside. The weather is supposed to be bad. Even if it's not bad, I'm taking the Bears plus the two and a half, but I'm going to buy the half point and get them up to plus three. I like Tampa Bay at home plus three and a half against Detroit. I know you're going to say, Steve, you've been singing the praises of Detroit all season. Yes, I have, but this is an absolute letdown spot for them. They just blew out Carolina at home. Now they got to go on the road. This is a dome team going outside. Yes, they won in Green Bay, but as we've seen, Green Bay sucks this year. Tampa's 3-1, and one, and they're getting points at home over a field goal. you got to take it. you got to take it. Tampa Bay plus 3.5 over Detroit. And I'll take Cincinnati at home, minus two and a half. Once I saw that game against Arizona last week, I'm not saying it's going to lead to a six or seven game winning streak, but you almost feel like all the shit that Joe Burrow took and all the shit that Jamar Chase took after that one and three start, I think they got a little fed up considering how great they were last week. Yes, it was against Arizona, but now they're coming home. I think they get right, and I think you're getting under a field goal with the Bengals at home. I think you got to take it because this could be a very well could be a field goal game. So if it goes up to three, I'd buy it down to three and a half. But right now, this line is Cincinnati minus two and a half across the board. I'll take them 
against Seattle. My underdog play, this has been my most profitable play all season long in my NFL picks. I'm 4-1, and one, and all four of them have won outright. I'm plus 4.9 units on the money line on this play. And you know me. You know I've told you all season long, you got to bet underdogs on the money line because in the NFL, the spread basically does not matter. How many times have we had to go over this? There's been 78 games in the NFL this year, and 71 of them, the spread did not matter. This is a short line, but I told you this game was going to be one of my plays this week. I'm taking the Chargers, plus two and a half, at home, Monday Night Football, against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, a lot of it has to do with that statistic that since the beginning of last year, the team that played the San Francisco 49ers, that very next week, they are 1-18 and since the beginning of last year. The Chargers are coming off a bye week. The Dallas Cowboys are coming off a drubbing where they are now questioning how good they even are. I like the Chargers at home plus the two and a half. I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is one of those wonky games that the Cowboys can be trailing most of the game and then come back and win by one or win by two. I want those two and a half. And once again, buy it up to three. Don't leave a game sitting on two and a half. Buy it up to three. So you're going to, on the other, in the picks, you're going to take Chicago plus the three. And then also on the Chargers here, you're going to buy them a half point, two plus three. So that's my underdog play of the week. Like I said, I'm 4-1 and one on these. All four have one outright, so keep that in mind. Charges are plus 120 on the money line. My three-team 10-point teaser in the pros, I'm 4-2 and two on these plays. <clears throat> let's tease Chicago up to 12.5, and, uh, and let's tease Indy up to 14 and Cincinnati up to 7.5. I'm going to stay with my system of using the teams that I have liked in the other plays and just using them in my teaser. So we're getting Cincinnati plus 7.5 at home against Seattle. So even if they do lose, I expect that game to be close. So I don't see Seattle winning by 8 or more on the road. Indy getting 14 now at Jacksonville, and Chicago getting 12.5 at home against Minnesota. That'll be my three-team 10-point teaser. So there are your plays this week. Like I always say, do not bet your mortgage on these. Do not bet your paychecks on these. Have a little fun with them, but we're doing really good in pro had a bad week two weeks ago in college that really set me back. But four and five last week. Let's see if we can turn it around uh, this week with these plays. And we got some time here, so let's wrap it up with some baseball talk. The Atlanta Braves are now out of the playoffs. Your LCS are set in both leagues. They start, well, Sunday in the American League, Rangers and Astros in Houston. Monday is when the NLCS starts, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Who would have ever thought of that one? Probably nobody. Phillies dispatch the Braves in the LDS for the second year in a row and by three games to one. Baseball's witchcraft. Baseball's a crapshoot. Baseball playoffs are a crapshoot. Let me be clear about that. We've already talked about the Dodgers and their failures You almost have to start putting the Braves in this. Because remember when the Braves had the Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz trio and they used to win the NL West? Yeah, the Atlanta Braves were in the NL West, if you remember that in the 90s. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Do you remember that those teams made, I believe they made the playoffs 14 years in a row between NL West and then they finally moved them to the NL East? I believe they won 14 division titles in a row. Got to the playoffs every year and won one World Series. The Dodgers are like the modern-day Braves now. 
Well, the Braves are kind of resorting back to those teams. You know the Braves this year led all of Major League Baseball in runs scored and home runs. They were a hitting machine. You know what they did in four games against the Phillies? Eight runs. That's two runs a game, if my math does me well. Just like the Dodgers, who scored exactly two runs in every game to the Arizona Diamondbacks. 11-2, 4-2, and 4-2. So the two best teams in the National League, record-wise, both averaged two runs a game in a five-game series. Matt Olson, good chance he could be the MVP. If not, his teammate Ronald Acuna is going to get it. But Matt Olson had a hell of a year, didn't he? 54 home runs, 139 RBIs, 127 runs scored. You know what he did in a four-game series? Zero home runs, zero RBIs, one run scored. You cannot explain this, people. Now, why doesn't it affect the Houston Astros, who have made the ALCS seven years in a row? The Dodgers and Braves can dominate for six months, yet can't get out of the LDS. But it doesn't affect the Houston Astros. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's so unpredictable. This is crazy. And if you want a little preview, since game one is going to be on Sunday, I'm not, you're not going to hear from me until Monday. The Astros and Rangers, on paper, this should be a whitewash by the Astros. The last three times the Astros played the Rangers this year, the scores were 13-6, 14-1, and 12-3. That's 39-10. They outscored the Rangers in the last time they played them. Do you know what the Houston Astros record against the Rangers is since 2017? 79-39. They're 40 games over 500 against the Rangers since 2017. Now... The Rangers have been horrible since 2017. I mean, they're the team that's consistently losing 90 games a year. So you would expect the Astros to have a good record against them. But they also beat them nine times this year. They were 9-4 and four against the Rangers this year with those three games. The last two times they played them, like I said, 39-10, to 10, they outscored them. So on paper, you'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and by the way, the Astros are the defending World Series champions. They've been here seven years in a row in the ALCS. The Rangers haven't made the playoffs since 2016. Every single thing points to a Houston Astros sweep or just Houston in four games to one just blowing them out. Then why does Vegas have the line set at the Astros minus 140? That's barely a favorite in this series. Because Vegas is well aware. We're not setting baseball playoff series lines high anymore. It's pointless because everybody's just going to bet the dog based on what's been happening the last five, seven, eight years. There's just too many upsets. There's too many well, upsets, meaning teams that won less amount of games are winning series. The Atlanta Braves, like I said, you know, I told you the Dodgers, we went, we, we went over all this, but just real quickly again, the Atlanta Braves won 101 games this year, or excuse me, 104 games this year. The Phillies won 90. Phillies win the LDS three games to one. Last year, the Braves won 101 games. The Phillies won 87. Phillies beat them in the LDS three games to one. Dodgers won 100 games this year. The D-backs won 84. D-backs sweep them. Last year, the Dodgers won 111 games. The Padres won 89. 
Padres win three games to one. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for anybody to give me an answer on how this is explainable. It's not, other than it's a crapshoot come playoff time. Because you just have no idea that Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are going to go one for 21 combined. The guy who led the majors in home runs and RBIs was going to hit zero home runs and drive in zero runs in his LDS series in Matt Olson. Why? Why are they playing that way in the postseason? Is it because of pressure? Is it because I, I, I don't know. Because it's not like there's some special scouting report that they get for the playoffs. It's the same scouting report that they pitch to Betts and Freeman and Olsen in during the regular season. So I I don't I I, I don't know. I just I stumble over my words every time I talk about this because there is no answer. There's absolutely no answer to explain any of this. I mean, it's unreal. And, you know, Dave, Dave Roberts had a quote yesterday after the game, after the loss, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, huh. This is what Dave Roberts said after the loss and after getting swept by the D-backs. I've got to do a better job of figuring out a way to get our guys prepared for the postseason. I'll own that. The regular season, I think we do a great job. But the last couple of postseasons, it just hasn't gone well for us. So I've got to figure it out. I like the quote, but I think Dave is trying to figure something out that he can't. There's not an answer to. He can't do anything if his players don't hit. What's he going to do? Bench Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman come playoff time? Because, you know, let's say the Dodgers win you know, 100 games next year. They go to the playoffs. But because of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman's last two playoff runs where they've done nothing, is he going to be like, you know what? You guys have been great for six months, but you guys are benched in the playoffs because you haven't been good for the last two years. No, he's just going to put them in the lineup again, which of course he would. <laughs> just, you know, he's saying we've got to change it up. I've got to figure it out. I just don't think there's anything to figure out. What's he going to do? You, you could put him in a 10-hour film session and be like, these are every the pitcher that we're facing tonight. Here's every pitch he's thrown this year. And this is every pitch he's thrown in every count. Like, I, I don't know what you could possibly do that's going to say, oh, yes, this means that Mookie and Freddie and the rest of my team is going to hit in the postseason. You can't. You just have to sit back and hope they do. So while I like the quote from him, and he's like, I got to change it, I just, I'm here to tell him I don't, I just don't know what he can do. So. If anybody has any suggestions, I'm up for them because I'm throwing up my arms of what the Dodgers can do or even the Braves can do. Why do they dominate for six months and then get in one five-game series and struggle? No explanation, really. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Hope you like those picks this week. Hopefully, we get some winners for you this weekend. So uh, I will be – just remember, I'm betting these games as well. So it's not like I'm just – giving these out and if they lose i'm like oh well no trust me i'm betting them as well so hopefully we got some winners for you this weekend thank you all for listening and remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television See you.